Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the stream today. Um, so I think it was last week we did a stream with a few different debate topics. And so the idea is that this stream today will be very similar to that. Um, this is going to be a chance for you to interact a lot. I want to hear your thoughts, your opinions, your ideas about a variety of topics. Um, so if you haven't seen me before, my name is Emily. I'm one of the Chatterbug tutors and streamers, originally from Canada, also lived in the UK for a while. And um, currently I am streaming to you from Panama. So I'm currently traveling from Canada down to Argentina and I'm about halfway. <laughs> so good to have you here today. Come and say hello in the chat. Let me know where you're from. And if at any point, during the stream, you have some questions, whether it's vocabulary or something else, um, don't hesitate to ask and I will help you out. All right, nice to see you again too, Hakim. Hello, Alita from Argentina. And Carlos, welcome, welcome to the stream. Okay, so as I said, random topics today um, meant to get you engaged and maybe learn some new vocab. So why are we doing this? Um, it's a good chance to express your own point of view, so your personal point of view. It's a chance for critical thinking, promotes research, so going and looking into uh, ideas more. Of course, we're gonna be doing kind of a quick debate here, so there's not gonna be much time for research, but that's all right. Um, and overall, kind of teaching people to debate creates leaders, so being able to see both sides of a, of a point of view. Okay, perfect. So we also have Halle from Israel, Dania from Kurdistan, Amina from Switzerland, Erica from Mexico, and Thomas from Pennsylvania. Excellent. Great to have you all here today. So our first one, um, some of these questions I got from the last stream, we did like this too. People said they wanted to see what people thought. So this is one of them. The first question is, plastic surgery is good or bad? Um, so this was one of the topics someone was interested in discussing and seeing points of view. Um, I guess... I guess there could be both ways to view it, right? So I think if someone is maybe feeling uh, very self-conscious or maybe they've had an accident or um, yeah, there's, there's some reason they want to have plastic surgery, as long as that's for them themselves, maybe that's good. Um, on the bad side, you should say, you could say that people should be um, happy with their bodies. Uh, they shouldn't change them. Um, so let me know in the chat uh, what you think and why you say it's good or bad. It's pretty, pretty split right now. I think uh, it might also depend on what country you're from for your perspective. In some countries, it's very common or kind of normal um, to see people with plastic surgery and people might not even hide it, you know, whereas in some countries it might be seen as you know, you don't want to tell anyone <laughs> if you've had something. I guess the classic would be celebrities that you see in magazines or online. The people will say, like, you know, look at the before and after of this person. Um, and so most people are saying good now. So I'm curious. Tell me why 
why you say is it good or bad let's see here so we have indonesia ernie Ngesi from brazil nor from iraq so danya says yeah if it's if for some reason they need it then it's good Halle says not everyone's able to feel good with themselves, so it's good that they have an option. Of course, it's very expensive, but yes, um, gives people an option. Mimi from Lebanon. What do we think about plastic surgery? So this is things like people may be getting like their nose changed or people get their chin or uh, maybe liposuctions, taking fat. There's all these different things that people can, can do to their bodies. Um, okay, so Hakim's perspective is that it is bad unless there is a persistent need. So if there's been some injuries, maybe. Um, otherwise, people should be happy with how they look. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, maybe they were in a really bad car accident and they had some sort of disfigurement is when something kind of maybe changed on their face. Um, so it could be from an injury that they need it. In general, Erica thinks it can help people to have a better life quality. Great. So that could be a cultural point of view, potentially, maybe where you're from, Erica. It's very it's common, um, so it doesn't seem strange that people would do this. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think in places like in, in North America, I would say it's pretty common in the United States. Very common. Um, in places like um, Brazil, too, where I've been, I think uh, plastic surgery is very common. People don't really think anything of it. So maybe someone from Brazil could, could let me know if they agree with that point. Otherwise, in some countries, it would seem like a very strange thing to do. Okay. So let's go to the next one, and then I'll read some more of the comments. Um, so it is better to be a strict parent. So strict means that you have rules, you stick to the rules, um, being a strict parent. Is this better? So you agree or disagree? And maybe you should not have so many rules. What's the best way to be? I'm not a parent. I've, of course, been a child. But let me know, especially the parents in the stream today, what you think. Okay. So Rosie says, plastic surgery depends on how much pain is felt for that person not just physical but it could be psychological true and then they make that decision yeah maybe they make that decision with their with their doctor for instance um Lourdes says it's an option lots of people are insecure Mimi says it depends on the budget yes of course if you have a low budget maybe you don't want to risk getting um plastic surgery because if you go with a very cheap um, or inexpensive surgeon, that could be a bad outcome. <laughs> and Hallie says, as long as no one's forcing you, you don't have the right to judge others. Yeah, so that's the perspective that people can do with their own body what they want. And I tend to agree that it's your body. If you're not hurting anyone else, do what you want. Um, okay, so better to be a strict parent. So there's a few people who disagree most people agree. So this is the perspective that it's better to have maybe more rules and structure with children. Tell me in the chat why um, 
why you think that. And maybe tell me if you aren't a parent yourself, what it was like for you when you were growing up. Um, let's see here. What do you think? And yeah, Jesse says, yeah, and Brazil plastic surgery is very common. So it doesn't seem like something out of the ordinary. Um, and maybe then if it's more common, it's a large population there too. So maybe it's not so, so, so expensive that, you know, only famous people could afford it um, or very wealthy people. So it becomes something that's kind of more common in the society. Okay, so what do you think about being a strict parent? I guess I've seen I've seen both examples. So I remember um, when I was younger, there was a friend who had very very strict parents. Um, you know, they didn't want the they had I think they had five or six kids. It was a big family, and they didn't want them to go out after a certain time. Um, and they had a lot of rules, but then that made them want to rebel. Right, being rebellious means kind of going against rules, and so. They were some of the people who wanted to like party the most and always go out. And so because they had all these rules, it made them want to fight back. Um, whereas I think, yeah, you, maybe you can't be so, so laid back. Um, you need some, some rules, but uh, I think sometimes if there's too many rules, then people want to get out. Or maybe once they have the chance. I remember I had a, another friend who she um, also had like a lot of rules and very strict childhood. And then she moved away for university and kind of went crazy with the freedom, like wanted to go out every night and party. And so because she had not had, you know, she'd been so kind of kept in a box. So that's my perspective. Of course, again, there will be cultural differences, cultural expectations for parenting. So let me know in the chat what you think. Um, okay, so Leo says it can create frustration for children and consequently difficult future behavior. Okay, so that's why they say it's better not to be strict. And Lourdes said, says in Spanish, um, we tend to say that extremes are not good. Yeah, okay, I see. So you're looking for somewhere kind of in between. Um, so it's just as bad being strict. So on this end of the spectrum as it is being indulgent. So yeah, indulging them for everything that they want. Right, so these are the two sides of the spectrum. Okay, and Hakeem says, I believe parents must be in control of their children at a younger age because they cannot make the right choice. Yeah, totally, so that's a good point. Maybe at different age stages, you would sort of have different levels of, um, rules or expectations with them when they're very young they probably need some more structure than when they start to become a teenager maybe they have some opinion, more, more opinions um, okay Nat Punch says everything in moderation okay so similar point to Lourdes um, be strict but be kind Democratic families is the desired goal. Okay, that's an interesting point. Being too strict can distance you from your kids. So they might want to do dangerous things you don't know about. Yep, so that was like the example of a friend I had 
you know, if something goes wrong, then maybe the kids feel like they can't contact the parent because they've been so strict. Um, so Erica notes, I was used to be really angry with them, but then eventually I understood it wasn't so bad. Yeah, so maybe in the moment it can be difficult and it can hurt your relationship, but later you understand why. But maybe in the moment it's difficult. Okay, let's go on to the next one. And Prad made the nice point, correction and love together. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I don't have much of an opinion on this one, actually, but this was another topic that in the last of um, the last stream someone brought up. And so I think probably in general, more connectivity is good. So um, it's it's amazing now as we're used to kind of having fast internet, fast connections, you just sort of expect it. So I think things like 5G, that will make it faster to do everything are going to be really good. But I know that not everyone believes that. Um, so what do you think? Is more connectivity, more technology always good? If you disagree, let me know why in the chat. So Rosie notes that it depends on the culture for how soft they are. Yeah, that's a good point. Totally, this is definitely gonna um, vary by country. Okay. It's important to train children to be disciplined, but being assertive does not mean restraining them and not giving them any freedom. So it's kind of knowing the things to be strict about. Yeah, so maybe, and also it could change from when you were younger. You know, the world is always changing, so it's not like you're gonna um, parent in the exact same same way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so most people thinking 5G technology is good. Let me know in your country, do you already have it? Is it rolling out? Do you notice the difference? Um, I think I think I've yeah, in, and in London they were starting to roll it out a bit last year. So there was certain neighborhoods or areas where you would be able to get it if your phone was five G enabled. But it's still not widely widely spread in many places. I think. Okay. All right, so Jawad noticed, notes that it can damage some molecules. All right, I'm not sure. As I said, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with this topic actually, but um, let us know in the chat what you are aware of and we can go do some research maybe on this one later to see. Okay, so this one is an interesting topic which comes up in the news fairly frequently. Um, of course, we had the Queen's funeral on Monday, who just recently passed away. Um, and the UK has a, you know, an interesting history of the monarchy and colonialism around the world. During this time, they collected many treasures of the world um, and other countries are pressuring them to give them back. Um, so things like the Rosetta Stone, the Elgin Marbles, um, 
many treasures. I don't know if any of you have been to London and been to the British Museum, but it's it's pretty amazing what they have around the world. So I think part, one of the one of the things that they say for why they shouldn't give it back is that they have all of these treasures kind of in one place. And so people from those countries or researchers from around the world can come to one place and, you know, they have the funding and resources to keep everything um, conserved. So that's kind of the argument, I think they say. Some of them, they say that maybe it was a gift or something when... I think uh, maybe that's a bit difficult to say. Um, I think probably a lot of the items were taken back, back in the colonial times or when people were going on these grand tours of Europe. Um, so what do you know? Let me know in the chat. Have you been to the British Museum? Do you think countries like the UK or other countries should give back any treasures that they kind of found or discovered um, maybe hundreds of years ago and they now have in museums. Let me know. What about your own country? Do you have any large museums that have kind of these treasures from around the world? Um, I guess one of the other benefits people might say is that this allows for individuals to go to one location and learn about the whole world in one building. It is a really incredible museum. So if you find yourself in London, I recommend you go. But it's definitely a topic which comes up regularly. I've seen in the news, you know, such and such country is asking for this back. They want this back in their country. I think the latest with the passing of the Queen was some countries asking for uh, I think it was South Africa asking for some diamond. I think it was one of the like, one of the largest diamonds in the world or something. Um, that I'm not sure how they got it. Did they buy it? Was it a gift? Did they take it? But um, it's kind of an interesting, interesting thought. So I'll go to the next one now. But let me know in the chat if you have any sort of views on this uh, museums and countries giving back anything that maybe wasn't uh, wasn't a gift or a purchase. Okay, the next one. So bottled water should be banned. Um, this creates a lot, a lot of garbage and waste in our country countries um i guess you could say maybe disagree because not everyone has a water bottle on them all the time there's not always a place to fill up i guess over time there should maybe be a plan in every country or city to ban bottled water through providing drinking water fountains places to fill up i know they've done this in places uh, many cities around the world where they just have fountains. So I guess it's getting people used to the idea that they should carry around a refillable bottle, which can be difficult, again, culturally, or just maybe if you're not living in a big city, it's going to be hard. So what do you think? What are the ways that we could get around uh, this bottled water that we have everywhere? 
Okay, so talking about one of the previous topics, Hakeem said that 5G technology is awesome, um, especially when it comes to maybe government transactions or education and business. Um, by having a very high and stable internet connection, this will be the only way to get rid of different paperwork. Yeah, so going paperless is what people often talk about in this idea of getting rid of paperwork. Okay, so it's most agree here, but some disagree for bottled water. Let me know in the chat what you think. Prad notes, maybe there's other topics to care about. Yes, yeah, so maybe depending on the country. Um, and Andrea is asking plastic bottles. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so plastic bottles that you would find, you know, there's from small bottles like this up to the very big ones. Um, and creates a lot of plastic waste. So Lael notes in countries where the tap water is safe to drink. Yes. Mimi notes about what can we do without it. Yes, so depending on which country you live in. So as Lael says, if the tap water is safe to drink. So for instance, I'm currently in Panama where the tap water is safe to drink but that's not the same for every country in Central America. So you can't necessarily drink the water everywhere. And Hakeem notes, yes, plastic is harmful to nature. And so they should be banned, but I guess we need a plan in place, right? For how people will fill up water then. Um, encouraging people to use water bottles over time. So maybe it's something that we're gonna, we're still working on as a society and it will just have to, have to be a focus going forward. Okay, on to some kind of education topics here. So do you think that school should be in session year round? All right, so maybe if you agree, it's because you think that, uh, you know, having this large summer break for students, for example, is very disruptive to families. Um, it also puts a lot of pressure on holiday times, everyone being off for that two, those two months or whatever it is. But maybe you disagree because you think students and children need to have that long break. It gives them a chance to maybe go and do something creative during that time, something different from normal schooling. They can go to camp or go, you know, play sports all summer, but not everyone will maybe have plans like that. They might just end up sitting on the couch and playing video games or watching TV. So it's pretty split here. Agree, disagree. Um, let me know. What do you think? I think for me, when I was a student, summer was definitely always something I looked forward to. Um, I agree with the point for parents that it would be very difficult to manage. What are you going to do when they suddenly are out of school during this time? So I think, of course, if you have the resources to be able to put them into some sort of summer camp or sports or activities that are different from school, but still keeping them enriched and busy, then uh, I think that's good. Some kids may, maybe don't really need activities too. They will go out and play, but I guess that you don't want to, um, yeah, you don't want them sitting sitting at home all summer. 
Um, yeah, so Mimi notes, we don't, it would disappoint children if there was no summer, definitely. Um, Amanya, they have to try other experiences, um, such as working. Yes, maybe getting a summer job um, or doing their hobbies. Absolutely. So having that break from school allows them to do something different. Hakeem notes that school can be very overwhelming for both the parents and children. So long breaks are necessary. <clears throat> yeah, so I think as long as we maybe plan for them and uh, try to find interesting, enriching things, then yes, it's good to have that big break. Okay. And for the people who agree and think that year round makes the most sense, please let me know in the chat. Okay, another education topic. All public universities should be free. So this is the case in some countries where I think you need to um, do an exam to get into certain universities. And so they are covered by the government then, or they're very inexpensive. But in some places, the universities are still very expensive. So in places like Canada and the UK, they're subsidized by the government. So part of it is paid by the government, um, but there's still a tuition or an amount to pay. Uh, in the US, of course, universities are famously very, very expensive. People have to get out huge loans to be able to study. Um, yeah, so most people saying it should be free. I agree. I think in particular, if there are areas of study that the country needs more people of, for example, if you need more doctors, then definitely all of the medicine programs uh, should be free. Of course, people take an entrance exam or something. It's not like anyone can go, but I think definitely, um, I think that where they are taking uh, subjects that we need in whatever country you live in, then it should definitely be free. Layout notes should be open um, and people should be able to take advantage of the facilities, the library, computers, even if no classes. Yep, that's a great point. So even if you aren't a student, be still being able to um, go and learn at the university in some way. It's free in Hakim's country. University was not free for Danya. Danya, which country are you from? Um, yeah. Okay. So I think in general, yes, too, which are what most of the people are saying. Um, a, a few people have said no. So let me know in the chat why that is. All right, and let's go to the next quiz. And so as I said today, this is gonna be lots of random topics. Hopefully you'll pick up some new uh, vocabulary. So if you need to come on and off as you're doing other things, no problem. Um, when you come back, you can jump right back in. Okay, so the next point is that men should get as much parental leave as women. So for men, this we call paternity leave. For women, maternity leave. Do you think that it should be equal? Okay, let's see here. 
And so in Saudi Arabia, public universities are free um, and governments offer thousands of fully covered scholarships for students to study whatever they want around the world. Okay, so that's great. So it's not just in their own country, but they will provide international scholarships. Yeah. Yeah, so I went to the University of British Columbia in Vancouver and I studied um, commerce and that was not free. I can't remember exactly how much it was. I think it was around seven or $8,000 per year maybe for tuition, but of course, then you have other costs like your books, accommodation, things like that. Um, so yeah, before I was, right now I'm just traveling. Um, before that I was working in commercial real estate in London. Um, so right now I'm on a bit of a travel sabbatical. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. And so for our next topic here, most people do agree. And so this was in the um, this was in the news recently, I think, with Finland, uh, their prime, I think it's prime minister or president. Anyways, their their leader. Um, she's a woman and she has said that there will be equal amounts of parental leave for men and women with the option to, I think, share up to 60 days or something. So I think it's two, four, 240 days per person, and then you can share 60 days of your amount. So most people agree with this one. Um, I definitely agree with this one too. I think one of the things that happens in the workplace with uh, inequality between men and women with pay or jobs is that uh, companies worry that women are going to take off this time for maternity leave um, if instead it was that you know everyone will be having this time if they have children uh, then it just equals the playing field and it also helps men who leave and go spend time with their children to understand I think women for much better who have done this for many many years um, Men will also have the chance to have a good relationship with their kids. I, I remember talking to some people at work when this has just started to come in in the UK, really. So I lived in the UK um, from 2014. And at the beginning, you know, men, when I was first living there, men weren't really taking paternity leave. But as, you know, push for equality has, got, has kind of moved forward, um, I would say recently more companies are even putting on their social media or putting on their website, you know, we have shared parental leave. Here's some of the senior men who have taken time off. And so they're trying to show that, you know, they are supporting people to take this time off. And I talked to one individual who said, you know, with my first child, I only had 10 days or something. And my second child, I had the full parental leave and I have such a strong connection with the second child, you know, you formed those bonds early on. Um, so I think it's really important for both people. And so let me know in the chat why you think. So should it be equal for the amount of leave? But, you know, like in the example of Finland, there's the option to um, maybe share some of that time. Of course, people might be making different amounts of money. 
um, things like that. Okay, and Saya asks, should I call you miss or ma'am? Um, so that's kind of a cultural thing, to be honest. Um, maybe in like a formal teacher setting, when the students are younger, they might call you, um, they might call me like Miss Emily, or you might someone comes in Mrs. if they're they're married, but you can just call me Emily. I don't think, um, yeah, ma'am is very very formal, definitely, um, and would be for like older women, but I don't know what age exactly, but it's kind of formal. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't even use it. Um, let's see here. So yes, Mimi, yes to equality. And Hakeem, time for men to get some rights. Yeah, it's true. I think um, if, you know, we want equal partnerships, then the, then it's good for men to have the right to stay at home without having their colleagues or their company saying, you know, you should, you should be here. You shouldn't go spend time with your children. <laughs> um, and Gundo notes, women need more leave. Yeah. So potentially, you know, especially in the first maybe three to four months, it's more important for the women to be at home. So that's the idea between giving equal amount of time so that, um, you know, for the physiological needs in the first few months, the woman is at home, the man can be there as well at the same time, or maybe they are there after. So every family can figure out what works for them. Because it could be could be very different for each each group, each family. Okay, so most people agree, some people disagree. Um, those of you who are parents, let me know in the chat, maybe what it's like, or even if you're not parents, if you know what it's like in your country for the laws around parental leave, and if it's kind of socially acceptable for men to take time off. Okay, let's keep going. So another very popular topic at the moment, uh, tied in with topics of climate change um, and our increasing population who's eating meat around the world. Do you think governments should promote plant-based over meat-based diets? So I remember growing up in Canada, we had this sort of like food pyramid that would say, actually it's, it was probably the most healthy, but they would say not how many grains to have, how many fruits and vegetables, how much meat, dairy products. So it would show, you know, the smallest amount at the top of what you eat and then at the bottom, what the bulk of your diet should be. Um, so maybe if they were to redesign that triangle, um, you know, they would put more plant-based alternatives on there. Or maybe they would show people which protein is available, not in meats, things like that. What do you think? Should governments be promoting plant-based diets? I guess information is always good. So maybe it's not like a very strong campaign or telling people what to do. But I think maybe if um, maybe if they just provide information. So I think education around, you know, what would happen if you reduce your meat intake, um, 
what would that do for your health or the environment? What are some alternatives? So I guess maybe it's not realistic to expect everyone to go plant-based. I'm not myself, um, but maybe just teaching people about the alternatives and then letting them letting them decide. And so Hakeem notes, I'm a meat guy, so I would disagree. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I think, of course, they shouldn't make anyone do anything, but maybe more of like an information um, sort of campaign. I guess that in schools, this is something that they're teaching kids about younger, too, about how to get your energy from different sources. Um, and Mimi says, I am vegan, so I agree. Amania, plants are more healthy than meat. Yeah, so I guess it's about finding kind of the right option. Miguel notes people should be able to choose their food. Fahid notes that meat is more delicious, but agree um, because of a it's better for a healthy world. Yeah, so maybe here we're saying, you know, we don't want the government to control our food, <laughs> of course, but could they maybe provide information to people? Um, so maybe this would be through the education system or some other way that they could give people ideas of different proteins. Okay, and so Hakim notes that some sort of proteins that we get from meat cannot be replaced or maybe are very difficult to be replaced by the vegan system. Yeah, I think to be a, a true vegan and make sure you get the correct nutrients is very difficult. You need to be really, really aware about what you're eating. And Erica thinks in school we should have nutritional education. Yeah, so maybe give people the facts and information, let them go research, and then they decide. Excellent. Let's go on to the next one. Okay. This is, might be quite a controversial one. I did look up, you know, kind of advanced debate topics. <laughs> so, and I just chose a selection. So this one... Let me know what you think. Do you think the world is overpopulated? So what is, let's look up the world population estimate today. Okay, so it's estimated at about 7.75 uh, billion people. Another, another estimate puts it closer to 8 billion, 7.97. Okay, so... What do you think? Do you think at 8 billion, we are too populated and we should take some steps to reduce births? So maybe this would be things like providing um, free birth control or having more education around um, reducing births. What do you think? Do you think, you know, I think steps, of course, this, this might be interpreted as another kind of government intervention. I guess we're not looking at the government to control, but more provide information and options. What do you think? I think if it's information and options, then I agree. It's good to give, let people know what their options are. But in some cultures or religions, this would be seen as, you know, you cannot do anything to reduce birth so it might depend on your culture or religion if you agree or disagree with this one too 
I think in general, I agree with kind of providing more information, providing free um, birth control and, and um, yeah, starting education earlier in schools. What do you think? Let me know in the chat. Um, do you think, do you live in a really crowded city or have you been to some some places that you think were just too many people? So Edmund thinks we are too many. Which country do you live in, Edmund? Do you think, is that based on your experience of, of the country you live or what you see in the news? And it's quite evenly split on this answer. So let's see, what do people think? Hmm. Okay, interesting point from Miguel. So population control can be talked about if we're talking about all of the countries doing this, but if, um, if not everyone's doing it, then it can be difficult. So Hakeem, the wealth is not fairly distributed in the world. Absolutely. There's enough resources, but the problem is that we need justice when it comes to wealth distribution. Yeah, that's true. So there's a lot of waste that goes on, certainly for, um, for things like food. Um, there's not fair and equal education opportunities for people. Yeah, Erica just said education is the key to solve most of our problems. Exactly. Um, I think we're going to have more situations too where parts of the world might become unlivable um, due to heat increases or becoming deserts. And so these people are going to need to move and they're going to help to, um, you know, they're going to need help to get established in new countries, new cities as refugees and so you're going to have more population increasing and so I think um, this is something that we're going to just have to face maybe in the next while. Mimi notes that I agree because I think we should only have babies that we can raise correctly. Yes, so having more children than you can afford to have can create issues but it's quite evenly split here. Absolutely. So let me know in the chat what you think. It's a challenging one. It's kind of a very kind of human experience <laughs> um, topic, isn't it? But do we have too many people? Hmm. All right, well, I'm gonna go to the next one, but as always, go ahead and share in the chat if you have some more thoughts. As we stay pretty 50-50 on this view. Okay, so prisoners should be allowed to vote. So maybe in your country they are allowed to vote, but in many countries, if you're a prisoner, so you're in jail as a criminal for doing something bad, um, you would not be allowed to vote. So what do you think? Should a prisoner be allowed to vote? I guess, you know, there's different amounts of time someone could be in jail, so maybe they're in there for one year, five, 10, who knows, but at some point they will be part of society again. Um, but on the flip side, you know, they've 
maybe done something that means that their freedoms have been taken away and so they should not have the right to vote. What do you think? I'm not sure about this one. Um, I think if it's a prisoner who's passionate about the right to vote and they, you know, maybe they, you would have people who are not there for violent crimes or something like that, maybe then they should have the right. Yeah, so Miguel notes, maybe it should depend upon the crime committed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for the previous point, Diana noted, it's not overpopulation, just an imbalance. So some places are very crowded, others aren't. Yeah, so it's, but then how do we find a way to kind of spread and redistribute people or redistribute wealth or educational opportunities? I guess that's the challenge that we have. Okay, and Amania notes, no, since they didn't make the right choice in their life, then they shouldn't have the right to choose or the right to vote either. Okay, and so most people on this one disagree. Some people agree. Let me know in the chat what you think, and I will keep going to the next one. All right, so we're all here doing some language learning, so maybe people have a view on this this topic, but do you think that studying a second language, so you'll have your maternal or your mother language, um, your native language, it's also called. Um, but in most countries, I think you would be studying a second language, which could be the language of the country that's beside you. Or maybe you have two languages, like in Canada, it's mandatory to learn French up until grade nine. And then if you want to go to university, you have to have a second language. It doesn't have to be French, but usually people will just take French until grade 12. And then so to apply to university in Canada, you must have a language up to grade 12. So you could switch to Spanish, let's say in grade 10. You can even do sign language, German, whatever, whatever language is available at your school. So of course, in smaller schools like in Canada, French might be the only option. In larger schools, they might have teachers who can teach the other languages. What do you think? Okay, and on the previous topic, Hakeem notes, they are still human after all, so we should not treat them in an inhumane way. Yeah, so, yeah, so rather than unhuman, you could say inhumane. And um, yeah, I guess, they are eventually going to come back to society in most cases, right? And Edmund, prisoners hate society. They don't care about society's issues. So voting won't really be a topic for them anyways. Um, so then on this, this topic currently, it's very useful for us to get um, more, or for us to communicate more. Um, as we try to learn another language. Yeah, I think actually learning another language even helps you learn more about your own language sometimes because you can compare and contrast grammar or, um, you know, culture is tied to language. So I think it's interesting when you learn another language to reflect on your own. Hakeem notes, it's important, but if we made it, made it compulsory, um, 
it might not help people learn because learning another language should be about passion and interest. Totally, yeah. So maybe, but maybe when they're much younger, you might need to kind of force if you want to, because children learn languages so easily compared to adults. So maybe it could be the best time. Okay. Let's see here. Let's go to the next one. And of course, you're all here learning. Maybe it's not a second language for you. This could be a third or a fourth language with English. Um, but yeah, <laughs> always good to learn a new language. All right. So this is another kind of controversial one. I think um, in the United States, most people there would agree they have the right to bear arms. We also see what that outcome is uh, with a lot of mass shootings in the United States. So what do you think? Should all people be able to own guns? Um, I, I would tend on the side of disagree. I think particularly in places where there aren't sufficient checks done for someone to buy a gun. Maybe they don't check that mental health. Um, they aren't required to have a license. I don't think everyone should be able to own a gun. Let me know if you agree why you think that is. I think some people say that, you know, people should have a right to defend themselves or their family. Um, but then maybe they could get a gun in a legal way. You know, I don't know. Some of the guns seem like they don't need to be, uh, they don't really need to exist. There's the kind of assault rifles you see in the United States that people who aren't mentally well are able to purchase and then all these bad news stories we hear about coming out of the states can happen okay and so andrew notes yeah what if a psychopath got a gun not a good thing totally um what's important hakeem notes is gun control absolutely yeah so you know people i guess people should maybe maybe then your point hakeem is that people should have the ability um, but there's more control. So what kind of controls are you talking about in that case? Is that things like um, licensing or what do you mean by controls? There's Mamanian thinks there's too many mad people or maybe you mean, yeah. Let's see. We can have guns and love each other, yeah. So, interesting here most disagree some agree let me know in the chat maybe what it's like in your country is it common for people to have guns um yeah okay let's keep going so miguel thinks not for everybody all right this next one too might vary from country i'm not sure but in many countries, I believe churches and kind of other religious organizations do not pay taxes. So if they have a building or if they have collections from people, um, they do not pay tax. So what do you think? Should churches and other religious organizations pay tax, yes or no? Um, and so I guess you might have the situation 
where there's like new religions that are created. Um, and so people might take advantage of this and create a religion just so they can get around paying tax. Um, but once they've been designated as a new religion, then that gets them to avoid things. Um, on the other side, people might say, no, they shouldn't pay tax because that money goes towards the community. So it's more like a not profit. Um, but some church organizations could be more profitable. I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. Tell me in the chat, what do you think about whether churches and other religious organizations should pay taxes or not? I guess if there was, you know, sufficient oversight to see where money is going, um, maybe part of their activities could be tax-free, the part of it that would be considered more like a not-profit. Um, but maybe there are parts of some churches that are looking for profit more, let's say. Um, not, not, all of the, not all of them and not in all places, but yeah, let me know what you think in the chat. Amanya notes, yeah, churches and mosques are trying to help homeless people and other people maybe who are having problems totally. So they need that money to help the wider community, not just their own people within the community. Yeah, so let me know in the chat and I will keep going to the next one. Okay, so I think this word, it seems like people don't necessarily like this word mandatory um, or making people um, do things they don't want to do. So what do you think? This is quite topical with things like COVID and the different vaccines. And there was a lot of people who were angry when they were made mandatory for certain jobs. Um, on the flip side, people say, of course, you know, we need to keep everyone safe. And the only way is for all of us to be vaccinated. Um, we've had vaccinations for many decades, different types of vaccinations as kind of part of our part of our culture. What do you think? And let me know in the chat. Okay, and so Hakeem notes, if taxes are going to help the community, then it's okay. All right. Yeah, so I guess maybe part part of the point then with where money is going always is maybe being able to understand a trail of the money. <clears throat> All right. Let's see here. Okay, so it's pretty split on this vaccinations one. Now, I guess it's, you know, it might be different to say it's mandatory in all situations, or in the case of COVID, it was usually that the vaccinations were mandatory for travel or for other situations. So maybe it's not, um, yeah, not mandatory for 100% of the situations. Okay, it's pretty split here. So Amanya noting it's our choice, shouldn't be mandatory. And Hakeem says people 
who oppose the mandatory vaccine should have freedom when it comes to their bodies and health um, until it's not harmful for others. Yeah, so maybe then there's certain situations like I think healthcare workers, you know, had to have certain vaccines or maybe teachers had to. And so if they want the freedom of their health and body, maybe it means they have to get a different job then, right? I guess there's that's those sort of lines that are tricky. Um, but if they do want to have the choice to not have to, then they might just have to change what they do for work, for example. So most people agreeing with that one. Let's keep going. Okay, do you think that tourism is beneficial to the environment? Now, of course, there's the idea of over-tourism, where so many people might see a beautiful picture on Instagram, and they go and they come and they leave garbage, and it's just way too many people. But on the flip side, tourism is what creates um, some of these national parks or marine reserves where people go to pay to see animals, to see wildlife, to go camping. And so by having the tourism money, it helps to keep these places natural, right? Because if there wasn't uh, this tourism money, then the people who own the land or the governments might look to just take the resources to make money from it. So I think, you know, over-tourism may be unbeneficial, but I think tourism, um, you know, when done well, um, when it encourages people to go and enjoy nature, uh, is can be beneficial. But that's my opinion. <laughs> um, and hello, Ness from Mexico. Good to have you here. So we're a bit split here. So let me know, maybe in your country, do you have an example of somewhere that is beautiful because of tourism or somewhere that has been ruined because of tourism? And so it's this idea of balance. I think some places like um, certainly some island countries or islands to visit like the Galapagos limit the number of visitors every year to help try to limit the damage um, from having humans around the nature and the animals. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, this is, this is probably a good way to control the tourism so that it remains beneficial. It just is giving enough money to keep that place um, nice. And so Keem says, yeah, it depends. Some tourists have no sense of keeping places visit. They visit clean totally. So this is something that we need to make sure that is taught to people as well. And people understand why we <clears throat> want to keep these places clean. Um, let's grab some water. <laughs> yeah, so if you plan your tourism well, then it shouldn't have too much of a negative impact. Okay. And Amanya, absolutely, I would love to visit Egypt one day. <clears throat> okay. So this one is kind of tourism to you, but outside of the world. So do you think we should invest more money into space exploration? Yes or no? 
So there's some private companies doing this, like Elon Musk's SpaceX. Um, there's still a lot to discover out there, a lot to learn. There's other companies which are giving people the chance to fly into space as tourists. Um, I think I saw one company charges $50 million to go stay at the International Space Station for two weeks. Seems pretty crazy, but I guess if you're a billionaire, then that would be not too much money for you. So what do you think? Um, yes or no? And let me know in the chat. So maybe you think yes, private money. Maybe you say no because you think public money shouldn't be spent on this. Let me know why you say yes or no. All right. And Amania thinks we should we should spend the money on our planet to save it. Yes. I suppose maybe though we might learn something about how to save the planet from going to other ones. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about that. So Edmund has a similar point of view that let's invest in this planet first. If we destroy this earth, we should think about living in space. Yeah, we might not have a choice. <laughs> that is true. So if it's about um, investing money into space exploration, things like new technology, um, then agree, otherwise disagree. So not just for the sake of going and traveling to other planets, but helping life currently on Earth. Okay, interesting. Let's go to the next one now. So we've been talking a lot about rights in this, um, this stream as well with different debate topics. We talked about prisoners' rights, um, men and women's rights. So what about animals? Should animals have the same rights as humans? Yes or no? I think in some countries they would have statements around um, the rights of animals. Um. Oh, and let's see here. Okay, it's Ama. Is it Amanya then? Your name, not Amani. It's because I was. I can't see your full screen name, so I wasn't sure. Um, where your last name is and your first name. <laughs> so it looks like it's all together one word. So I was just guessing what your name was. So it's Amanya. Okay. Let's see here. Um, and it's important to study space. Less says for the previous question. So the use of public money is necessary. It will also help create technology and innovations in general. That's true. So maybe some of the research that's done for space exploration will apply to other areas too. All right. And so this one back to animals, should they have the same rights as humans? 
So Hakeem thinks that they should have some rights, I agree. However, humans must come first still. In some countries, they care about animals more than humans. Mm -hmm. And so I guess potentially it could depend on the type of animal too. Like for instance, um, in some countries, they might have endangered animals, which actually require to have a lot of rights and care um, to protect them from humans often. So like maybe gorillas, for example, um, have to be very protected or elephants for the ivory um, or rhinos as well. So there's some situations where maybe they need even more rights or protections, we could say too. Okay. Let's keep going. We have a few more questions to go. Um, hopefully you're learning some new vocabulary. You're practicing your listening for sure to Canadian accent. It's all good. All right, so the next one um, is also interesting, of course, given um, the recent change in monarchy in the UK, so there's now King um, King Charles III, of course. And with this kind of change of monarchy, it's brought up people questioning, wait, why do we, why do we still have kings and queens in this day and age? Um, a lot of it is sort of traditional or um, ceremonial, you know, it might not have actually that much impact on day-to-day -day life. What do you think? Are you someone who is pro-monarchy or anti-monarchy? And let me know in the chat why you think that. Um, so for some of the Commonwealth countries, so the countries which were part of the British Empire, places like Canada or Australia, they still have the queen, now the king, as the head of state. So even on the money in Canada, we will have the queen, for instance, which will now change to the king, I guess, maybe sometime next year. <laughs> Um, the time of mourning of Queen Elizabeth, you know, people weren't going to be bringing this up so much. But now that once the change of power is happening, I think this could be a debate, which is opened once again in these countries about um, abolishing the monarchy, whether it's as head of state for other countries, or whether it's in the country itself. Let's see. So Hakeem, yes, we have royal family in my country, but I believe all human beings are equal. Yeah. That is, I think um, it is kind of funny to think that someone's just born into a family. Of course, we're all um, born into different circumstances. Um, I'm sure if you're someone who's studying English, you're having you know, you having a device to watch on, you're having the ability to study, then you've been born into some good circumstances or you've had educational opportunities. So it's kind of interesting that people who are just born into a royal family have all of these things given to them maybe. What do you think? And do you have monarchy in your country? So monarchy is just an ornament, Edmund says. Yeah, so maybe it's, it's just kind of for show. I do. I think, you know, in the case of Queen Elizabeth, she was the monarch for 
for um was it 60 or 70 years so it's pretty amazing i think the way that she saw the world change she knew all the prime ministers presidents during this time so i think that's quite powerful to have one person as kind of your constant thread but that would rely on that person being very engaged in the world like maybe she was so i think i could see the benefit of there being kind of a constant which is generally outside of politics politics changes a lot you know every four or five years you have a new leader so you're always changing um so maybe it provides that nice constant i don't know i'm, I'm a bit undecided i think i can see the benefits but i think um, it really depends on there being the right person in that place, which is not chosen. It's not a person who's chosen. So Erica thinks times have changed. And Amania, so they aren't the real government. It's just more cost upon countries. And Tania thinks it should be abolished. So most people think yes, it should be abolished. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Let's see what happens. I think it's going to be a topic, you know, that probably maybe not this year, but I think probably next year. I think it's a topic we will see in the news. Okay. So I'll go to the next quiz question, but let's see. We have some more views in the chat here. So Andre, it's an outdated and problematic institution that has no place even in modern UK, right? Yeah, so I think now that <clears throat> there has been a change of power, I think it's a time that people are going to start to ask this question. And so how can the royals stay relevant then? What are they going to do? I think they're going to try to show that they do have value or they're not just costing the government. They're bringing some sort of value. So it'll be an interesting time to watch, I think, to see how that changes. And Miguel thinks that people should have the leaders they want. If people want a monarchy, it's okay. If not, it's okay too. Yeah, actually for the UK, I saw um, there was a little news clip the other day that made it onto Instagram and it said, you know, if people don't want the monarchy, then they can have a revolution and they can state that they don't want it. But there hasn't been any sort of attempt to remove the monarchy, of course, that might be challenging. I don't know the laws around that. But if people really don't want it, they can show their displeasure, they can protest, they can do other things. So I guess people there are happy enough with the situation. Yeah, so Hakeem thinks it's unjust just because they're born into a family. That's what we said, it's just, just luck. Okay, so for this one now here, new topic, young adults should live independent of their parents. So what do we mean by young adults? I guess we would mean they're graduated from university. Um, maybe they're graduated from high school too, could be even younger. But do you think that they should stay at home maybe until they're married? So some cultures that would be the norm. Or do you think that um, as soon as they are old enough 
they should move out with friends or go to university or whatever it is. What do you think? Should young adults be independent or should they stay with their family? So cultural and country differences for this one, I'm sure. Um, so Les notes that independence at an early age can make us mature faster, which is good. Amanya, kids should depend on themselves, but not their parents. Um, Maya notes, we don't have this culture. Um, and because of this, there can be so many problems after marriage. Um, for example, husband being a real mama's boy. Um, yes, yeah, so maybe he lived there for so long and he's so used to the way that she does things. If you if you, they were living with their family right up until you got married. Um, there's also some cultures where maybe the wife would move in to the husband's um, house too. I don't know if that's what it was like for you, but that would be, could be very challenging then if they've always lived there and rather than going and starting a life separately, you're joining their, their life. So that could be a good or a bad thing, depending on, <laughs> um, However, yeah, it would depend on the situation, of course, like anything. And so Hakeem thinks they must have some space, however, better to stay with their family. Um, yeah, so let me know why you think that. Maybe it's to save money or it's just to have the family bonds. Yeah. Okay, so most people think, yes, young adults should be independent. Um, so again, yeah, this will vary with culture, what's kind of the norm is it normal that people stay at home until they get married or until they get a job in a different city or country? For me, I think I, well, I left home fairly young because um, I went to university when I was, how old was I? I think I was still 17. I was about to turn 18. So I moved into the dormitories at the university in a different city at 18. Um, let me know in the chat, when were you, when did you move out? At what age? And do you think it was the right time? Was it too soon, too late? <laughs> when did you move out of your house? Okay, just a few more to go here then. What do you think? On a date with someone, should the bill be split between the two people? So, on a date... So maybe this would, maybe your your perspective would change if it's a first date or a second date, um, or if it's obvious one of the people make more money. What do you think? Should it be split or should someone else, maybe the person who invites the person on the date, should they pay? This might be a culturally different one too. But I think probably it's becoming more and more common to split. However, there might be people who are more traditional or you might just have a situation where, like I said, one person maybe is a, you know, an investment banker and one person is, I don't know, what could they be? A social worker or something. So the amount of money they're making is very different. So the investment banker will pay. <laughs> I don't know. That's one example. What do you think? What's kind of the norm in your culture? Tell me in the chat. 
So most people agree it should be split on a date. And let me know if you think it should be different, for example, for a first date or something like that. And so Hakeem talking about the previous point here says family ties can be very important to mental health. Um, and as your parents become older, they might need your help too, right? So yeah, definitely in some cultures, it's very normal. Maybe you do move away to study and to work for a while, but then your parents come to live with you so you can help take care of them. Maybe they have a different suite in the house or something I've seen is very common in um, many different cultures. Absolutely. And so Amanya said, moved out when she was 29, so after marriage, as, as is the culture. All right, so we just have a couple more here. Also kind of on family um, or growing up, do you think that teenagers should have part-time jobs? So we asked whether we thought school should be um, around the full year previously. This is a bit of a similar point. Um, so teenagers, I guess, having a part-time job allows them to get some of their own money, to build independence, to build some skills. So, um, yeah, so I guess that maybe one of the downsides could be that if they have a part-time job, they're not focused on studying. That's what I've heard from some people who said they never had a part-time job growing up. So I, for example, um, I think I had my first job maybe when I was 14 or something. Um, if you count babysitting, then it would be even younger. Maybe 12, I was doing some babysitting. Um, and so this gave me a bit of my own money. I'm, my car's moving now, so don't, don't, don't mind if I'm bumping around a bit. Um, and so, yeah, it would kind of, it would, it would vary, I guess, on the family and what's normal. Let me know in the chat when you had your first time job, your first part-time job. <laughs> okay, and on the previous point, Miguel noted, splitting the bill should be the default option. Yeah, I agree, that's kind of the default. And then if someone wants to offer, great. Or Hakeem notes, in my culture, if you invite someone, you take care of everything. And it would be very rude to ask to split the bill. Yes, totally. Yeah, so even maybe if you invite someone to maybe visit you for the weekend in your culture and have expected to pay for everything. I remember when I, I went to go visit a friend in St. Petersburg in Russia and she was paying for every meal. And I was like, no, 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 you know, you don't need to pay for, she was, she was, you know, paying for our entry to some of the museums and this and that. And I, so I had to, because for me that felt like too much, you know, she didn't have to pay for everything for me, but it was part of her culture um to do that and so I I offered you know I said oh no let me get the next meal or something like that um because I didn't it's of course it's nice if someone wants to treat you but I I kind of prefer to be more equal <laughs> and so Amanya says yeah in our culture too the guest never pays Okay, so yes, everyone says 100% teenagers should have part-time jobs. So let me know in the chat, what was your first part-time job and at what age? <laughs> and Edmund says, but without payment because they buy weed. <laughs> well, I guess, 
I guess if they're looking for things like that, they're going to find, find some way. Um. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Okay, so we're kind of some mixed comments from different questions because I guess we were going going through those, but yeah. So Les notes that in Latin America, the one who invites pays, but also very normal to share the cost. Amanya started training and working in journalism at 18. Excellent. Yeah, my first, so I did babysitting first and then I worked at McDonald's. Um, and then I worked at a doner or like a shawarma shop. And then what did I do after that? So those were all my jobs when I was in high school. And then when I was in university, I worked, what did I do? I did one summer at a law firm kind of as an assistant. And I worked in car rentals one summer at the Vancouver airport um I worked part-time as a tutor uh, for real estate and finance and what else did I do and some different different jobs related to real estate um so those were my jobs <laughs> let's see what else everyone started with too so Hakeem's first part-time job was unpaid on my grandfather's farm cool so what were you doing were you taking was it like an animal farm or were you out um, harvesting food. What, what, what were your jobs? And Teo, first part-time job at 19 years old, a team assistant for a group of 170 people from a multinational corporation. Wow, that's really impressive as your very first job, um, working at a big multinational. Excellent. So all sorts of different ways we start our careers. Okay. And for the last one, I just have one more question. This one's a little bit funny. And Teo, you have a lot of jobs. Yes, <laughs> I have had a lot of jobs. I've had, since graduating university, I've had worked at three different companies. Um, and then now started doing English tutoring while I'm, while I'm traveling, um, which is a lot of fun. Okay, so for the last one, let's see here. Oops, it's not opening up actually. All right. Hmm. Let me try. I'm going to try to refresh because the last question is not opening. All right, well, it seems, seems to be frozen there. So that might be it for our stream today, but um, thank you very much for joining. I hope you had fun. You learned some new vocabulary, uh, different topics, and I look forward to seeing you in another stream soon. So enjoy the rest.
to try to do the last question here if it works. And it does work. Perfect. Okay. So just for a funny one to end it off, what do you think? People who snore should sleep by themselves. Do you agree or do you disagree? <laughs> Maybe you're the one who snores. I'm sure. I think most people snore in different situations. But some people snore very loudly, for sure. So I sleep with some earphones in. That usually blocks out most noise. Um, but what do you think? Should people sleep by themselves? All right. I'm not sure if it's working there. All right, we'll just end there. I think the technical, oops, no, it's coming back. So most people agree. Uh, all right, perfect. Well, I hope you had fun today. It was good practicing your English with you. Um, we'll have some a couple more streams this week and I'll see you soon, so take care.